Hello there, my name is McNeil and you are listening to the McNeil and Friends Podcast. Here I invite different people to talk about movies. We talk about movies that are currently playing in the theaters and topics related to cinema. If you like this type of content, be sure to follow my podcast on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can also support my podcast by telling your friends, and if you don't have any, you can tell your family. Thank you for listening. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode in the Movie Screen Quarantine series. If you're new here, what I'm doing is I'm inviting friends through Zoom to talk about any topic regarding movies since theaters are shut down. Today, I'm here with my friend Tim, and we're talking about our top 10 favorite film scores. How's it going, Tim? Oh, good, man. You know I'm always glad to be back here. It's going to be good times. Yeah, I've been really looking forward to this one. So like I said, Tim and I are talking about our favorite film scores. And we talked a little bit beforehand about kind of what our criteria is for picking our favorite film scores. And we decided that we wanted to lean towards the music that was composed for the film rather than the songs featured in the movie. So for example, I like the A Star Is Born soundtrack, but we're not going to talk about those because those are the songs featured in the movie. We're talking about like the more classical music and the background music in the movie. Um... We also agreed if there is a film score that we liked from a particular franchise, and we would just kind of include the franchise as one entry since songs and themes are usually repeated, and generally the same composer writes the music for all the movies within the series. So, for example, if one of us includes Star Wars, it's just Star Wars as a whole rather than a particular Star Wars movie. That was kind of a little bit of our criteria for this, but do you have anything you want to add to that, Tim? No, man, that works perfectly. A lot of the stuff that I was looking at and choosing just kind of helped enhance the film itself. So I looked forward to whatever um, kind of brought the movie out a little bit more and made it a little more uh, memorable at particular moments. Soundtracks that stuck in my mind. And like you said, too, themes that were all together that you could usually hear throughout the series anyways. Usually the same uh, composer stays through the whole thing. So it was good to go on that. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. And also, so Tim and I both have backgrounds in music. For those of you who don't know, I've been playing music since I was seven years old. I play the guitar, bass guitar, drums, and the cello. I've had classical training from being involved in school orchestras. I took guitar lessons from a really young age. Um, And I'm self-taught on drums and bass. So I've played various instruments in multiple bands as well. Um, And music has always been a big part of my life. So naturally, film scores have always been important to me. So, Tim, talk a little bit about your background in music and what you like about film scores. Um, yeah, man. So I grew up playing piano. Uh, I think we were, when I was born in New York, played piano for a while. Uh, kind of grew up with it. My my family was very a musical family. My mom sang around the house a lot. Uh, so kind of grow up, grew up knowing music, um, piano being the primary instrument. It wasn't until about maybe sixth or seventh grade that I started picking up the trumpet. Don't play that anymore. But I did end up going on to do uh, more vocal work. Um, in college and stuff. And so since I teach music now, like it's a big part of my life and I do gigs with um, a local band and things like that as well. So like their music has been a huge part of my life. Um, it wasn't really until high school that I kind of got into soundtracks and started listening to them uh, because of the classical training and kind of figuring stuff out through there. Um, but I've always enjoyed soundtracks and I sometimes when I would go into movies and my wife would get after me about this when we were first married, like I would listen to the scores 
and come out of the movie saying, man, wasn't that soundtrack awesome? And my wife's like, dude, did you even watch the movie or were you just sitting there with your eyes closed listening the whole time? And I was like, well, a little bit, a little bit of both. Um, but yeah, man, always loved, enjoyed uh, soundtracks and stuff like that as well. So definitely hits home for me for sure. Yeah, I'm really excited about this topic. And I, a lot of the stuff you talked about, I, I can relate to as well. Like in high school, I also is kind of when I that's a time frame when I started getting into more of the film soundtracks and stuff like that. Um, and so but it's been kind of difficult. We talked about this to try to figure out what is the difference between scores and soundtracks, because what we know is scores will be labeled as soundtrack, but then soundtracks are only soundtracks. It's kind of like I, I could be completely backwards with this, but. Uh, a rectangle can be a square, but a square can't be a rectangle or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a good illustration. <laughs> um, it's kind of, it's like scores can be soundtracks. Soundtracks can't be scores. I think the definitions something online are, there's there's yeah. way too much gray area for this. Uh, but, but yeah, like this has been a, this is a topic that's very important to me as well. Like, you know, music's both important, uh, it's important to both of us. So I'm looking forward to get into this. So do you have any honorable mentions? Yes, dude. I got five honorable mentions. All right. Um, so not in any particular order, but these ones are great honorable mentions just because I enjoy the soundtrack and it helped it, like I said, enhance the movie. First of all, the Batman series. So Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, um, those composed by you know James uh, Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard. Mm-hmm. Incredible tracks that went along with the movie. Yeah. Um, I didn't pick out any particular themes per se. But I remember distinctly at certain points how the music just helped enhance it. So definitely really good. Yeah. Um, the Star Trek series, a new Star Trek series, uh, Michael Giacchino, um, amazing theme that he had um, that went throughout, uh, that kind of kept br- being brought back, especially as a heroic theme um, throughout the movie that I thought was awesome and epic as well. Kind of similar to, as well as uh, one of my other ones, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, composed by Tyler Bates. I liked the theme of Guardians of the Galaxy. I wish they would have put it in the movie more. I don't think he put that theme enough in there. And I thought it was a very strong theme, uh, but he kept doing that. One of the particular tracks I liked was uh, Black Tears, so I think from the first one that really has it at the end. And I think it's when they're all hold or they're all kind of coming together, holding the power stone. I thought that was great. Um, Incredible Hulk, the one starring Edward Norton, written by, I think it's Craig Armstrong. Um, one of the authors, I don't think I have him on here at all, but like he really surprised me. The soundtrack as a whole, I like to listen to straight through, like as for like studying purposes and stuff like that too. I really enjoyed it. And I think I liked how they put in a tribute to, um, what's my guy? Lou Ferrigno's A Lonely Man from the television, old television series. I think there's a little bit of shout out there as well. Um, so I like that soundtrack particularly because of that. Um, Harry Potter, the Harry Potter series, John Williams, um, great themes that he's got there. I mean, that whole series, I think it's, they, they break it up with different people, but for him to start off with that, John Williams, as, as good of a composer he is, with Hedwig's theme, and then have that whole, that throughout the entire series there as well. Um, I have a sixth one. I was going to add one more. One of the great ones I really do like as well, though, is the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Okay. Um, Howard Shore, uh, the dude, makes the, the soundtrack epic, just like the movie is. Um, and so it continues to go. I particularly think of like uh, the bridge of Casa Doom from the first one, um, the ring goes south and then just continuing 
the great theme of the Lord of the Rings throughout the series is awesome. It just sounds like epic battle scenes, and it sounds very like the times that it seems like that fantasy world is in. So I really enjoy those. Those are my six honorable mentions, not five. Okay. Um, I had to throw those in there. Those are great ones that I couldn't add, and I was like, man, these are so great. Yeah. What about you, man? So uh, one of my honorable mentions is this is actually my all-time favorite movie, uh, Inception. This was composed mm. by Hans Zimmer. Love I uh, specifically like the track Time, which is the last one on the soundtrack, and it's like at the end of the movie. Love that one. Uh, this is actually one I didn't put on here until today, but How to Train Your Dragon, all three of those movies, it was composed Ooh, by dang. John Powell. And it's kind of, you know, it's, that, it's more of that Celtic style, and that's a style I really like. Um, and I, I, I guess I didn't think about it till like the last minute because uh, it was an animated movie, and my mind just didn't go there at all. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good one. Um, and like you said, Harry Potter with John Williams, he did the first three movies. Uh, and I think it's just, uh, it's honestly like a classic at this point, really iconic, really good stuff. And it really gives that wizardy feel, you know? Um, I honestly have no idea how to pronounce this, this, uh, this lady's name. It's, it's this, I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it because it's, <laughs> I, I, I looked, I even tried to prepare, like to look online, see how to pronounce it. Everybody, no, I, nobody knows how to do it. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, but, but Joker really, really good soundtrack. Oh yeah. Um, Dang. and, and she composed the music. She won an Oscar for it, but she composed the music for this movie before even like really watching it. She just wrote the music to this movie just by reading the script alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, to me, that's just really mind blowing, and it's uh, really uh, heavily um, incorporates cello, which is really cool, and it's just super eerie and unsettling. Works really well for the movie, and then also um, Danny Elfman's work on Batman and Batman Returns. Those two ah, are yes. great. Love those. I love the Batman theme, and I really like how he kind of took things up another notch when it, on on a creepy level when it came to Batman Returns is really cool. Danny Elfman is definitely one of my favorites. Um, and yeah, so those are my honorable mentions. Uh, so getting into the top 10, what is your number 10? Dude, this is good, man. Um, but once again, this is going to be way out there. This, these are like totally different than any of the other topics we've done. But my number 10, National Treasure, uh, okay. written by Trevor Raven. So like the movie whatever you think about the movie is fine i hate nick <laughs> <But> cage <laughs> nobody likes nick cage he's the worst <laughs> like he's he the absolute worst however this soundtrack is really good i actually really like the two particular tracks i like um both named have the chase in it the, the first one is the chase and the second one is foot chase and i remember distinctly how they were able to flip between scenes um, and switch the music. And sometimes, as you have a soundtrack, you think that like they just you know cut one of the tracks and go to another one. No, yeah. in this one, it actually blends all together, and they just keep flipping between the different uh, cadences or, 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 or meters or whatever, um, and they do a really great job of just continuing that chase so that those scenes are forever ingrained in my mind as I listen to those tracks um, from National Trust. So I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed the kind of nerdy library of congress kind of thing that they had going with that vibe um for uh national treasure but those two particular chase scenes are really um um intense for me i think you'll see a theme of mine like there's just an intensity that i like to have with yeah. each of the music that has like a good variety of stuff um to kind of show some versatility so that was my number 10 for sure what you got going on there 
So my number 10, this is a movie I, I actually really don't like the movie at all. Can't stand it. Um, but it's Phantom Thread. I don't know. Have you heard of it? No, no, I haven't heard it. This is a Daniel Day-Lewis movie. It's directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, which Paul Thomas Anderson, I really respect him as a director. He's a very ambitious director. His stories that he usually tells generally don't really resonate well with me. Uh, it's just not really my type of thing. But the music in Phantom Thread was incredible. It was actually composed by Johnny Greenwood, who is the lead guitarist and keyboardist for Radiohead, which if you listen to Radiohead and then go and listen to the soundtrack, totally different styles. It doesn't even make sense at all. Um, But as much as I do dislike Phantom Menace, just or not Phantom Menace, I do dislike Phantom Menace as well. Um, (laughs) Phantom Thread, as much as I, (laughs) (laughs) as much as I dislike Phantom Thread, uh, the music is really good. Phantom Thread is kind of this, um, it's this bizarre period piece romance film set in London, mm-hmm. I think in the 1950s. Uh, and the music has that period piece feel. It kind of has that elegant classical piano and orchestra uh, style. Uh, but at times, if you listen carefully to it, it can kind of trick you because it may sound like that elegant classical style, but sometimes there's just enough layers underneath of it to kind of give you that uneasy feeling that uh, the characters are kind of experiencing. Um, yeah. I really, like I said, I really don't like The Phantom Thread as a movie, but the movie itself is fantastic from a music standpoint, costume standpoint, acting, and cinematography standpoint. Um, I really just don't like the story. I think it's kind of boring and just weird, and I generally like weird movies. This one didn't work for me, Uh, but the music is really good. Some tracks I really like from it. Uh, Alma is really good. There's four different Phantom Thread tracks as well. They're all pretty good, and... House of Woodcock, I think, is probably my favorite. That's a that track. I think I thought was really good, but yeah, don't like that movie. The music's really good, but that's my number ten. So, uh, what's your number nine? Um, let me get that, dude. I'm I'm definitely writing these down because this is something I'm going to put on the list to listen to. Okay, um, <laughs> as I'm moving forward. So, number nine, uh, The Rock. Um, I don't know if you ever heard this movie before. It's got Sean Connery. Of course, it has Nicolas Cage in. I don't know what my fan like <laughs> what the deals with Nicolas Cage, but <laughs> apparently, whoever writes his music does a really good job. Um, but this is written by Hans Zimmer, Harry Gregson Williams, and Nick uh, Glennie Smith. Okay. Um, the Rock was done in, in 1996, I believe, and they actually only had eight tracks on it. They're all very long, probably like six to eight minutes a piece, I believe, or maybe even longer in some cases. But it is great to be listened to the whole way um, as like one solid unit. The last track, particularly The Chase, once again, um, very intense. Because I think there's like, they're on like Alcatraz or something crazy like that. Some type of crazy jail island where there's like some type of, uh, it's just been a while since I've seen it. But like there's some type of like nuclear threat or, or uh, bio threat of some kind that Nick Cage is trying to um, help stop them. Yeah. Um, you know, outlandish as outlandish as it is, but like that entire track is intensely building and stuff like that too. Um, and I think the combo of those three guys did a really good job of collaborating. I always like to, some of these collabs I've really enjoyed too, seeing them work together and come up with some amazing stuff. Um, so the rock, I particularly remember that movie, obviously not because of the movie itself, but because of the soundtrack and how, um, incredible it is just you know from a classical standpoint as well so i really enjoyed that score for sure so what you got at number nine mcneil so my number nine is 
Superman, the original Superman movie back from uh, 1978. Uh, this one. is obviously john williams john williams is awesome his music is really good and the superman soundtrack is really iconic though the theme can sound a lot like star wars at times they there's a lot of correlation there but it's that's also john williams and a lot of you you can kind of hear a lot of his little tropes that he has i guess and kind of a lot of his music but uh the superman music was the like the original superhero film score because superman the movie was like the first comic book movie that was you know put to the big screen really and yeah. has that classical superhero feel to it. it's really nostalgic for me because i grew up watching the christopher reeve superman movies um but some of the tracks that i really like from it i love the prelude and the main title march so that what's everything in the beginning of the movie love that the planet krypton's really good as well and uh the love theme from superman as well those are all really good but yeah, I mean, I just really like this one because it's iconic and just really has that kind of epic feel, epic comic book feel to it. So, yep, yeah, yep. had to put Superman in here. That's a great Dude, one. Dude, good classic. Like, I love. I think I will love a lot of these because of the fact that um, they're easily identifiable. So, like, if I heard this, the Superman theme, I'd know exactly what it's from immediately. Yeah. That's just... It's yeah, just, exactly. you, can't, you can't go away from that. And like, if somebody's able to put that kind of, I think what they call earworm in your ear to just stick and always associate with that character, that's it. Yeah, it's great. It's a great one. Definitely. You definitely think Superman when you hear it. So, yeah. So what you got for number eight? Number, yeah, number eight. I got uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean series. Okay, um, cool. Written, I think at first at Klaus by Klaus Bedelt, I think I pronounce his name, but Hans Zimmer kind of kind of took over from there and kind of went with it. Yeah. Um, particularly the first Pirates of the Caribbean, there is not a track on there that I did not enjoy um, listening to. I remember seeing the movie and like immediately connecting with the soundtrack and the movie together. Um, yeah, it's a really good one. Dude, it is. And it uses a lot of great musical elements in there to create themes for each of the characters as well as the theme for the entire series itself. Once again, another track that like another soundtrack that where if you heard it, my students heard it, you know, immediately know, Oh, that's Pirates of the Caribbean. That's just how it is. It's just a staple. Now you can't associate that with anything else. Yeah. So that is Pirates of the Caribbean. And that is how it is. And they did a good job of making it feel very pirate esque, I guess you could say too. Um, and throwing some of the feels of like the, you know, just kind of moving along the waves, that kind of thing in there as well. So there's some good um, imagery within the music that I thought was really neat. Yeah, for sure. I love, love the Pirates theme all the way through. That first soundtrack totally set it up for me. Um, and I remember listening to that like crazy when I was in high school after I first watched the movie. <laughs> um, but definitely one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. So my number eight, I have Psycho. This is the like one of the classic horror movies back from 1960. The composer for this movie, or the composer for this music, was Bernard Herrmann. Uh, this is. Have you seen this movie? I I don't think so. I actually just watched it last night again, just for fun. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I I love this movie. It's a it's one of my favorite horror movies for sure. It's it's a very uh, classic horror film score is definitely inspirational for lots of horror movies that we know today. Uh, it has a distinct like late fifties, early sixties movie style. Uh, yeah. And because it kind of has that same way the, you know, string instruments were used, but it's kind of like a, a creepier take on it uh, at the same time. It, there's a melody that um, 
that I really like that's in the prelude that's used a lot throughout the film, but it's also sometimes kind of incorporated in different ways, but that melody is really distinct to me. Um, but there is a, actually, there's a certain portion of that melody. And I noticed this last night that I'm pretty sure paint it black by the Rolling Stones may have been inspired by, because if you listen to both, I think you'll notice what I'm talking about. There's like definitely a correlation with like this descending scale going on in both of these melodies. And I'm like, I'm like, why does this sound familiar all of a sudden? Then I was like, ah, paint it black, Rolling Stones. There's definitely some correlation there. And I don't think, I don't know if that's intentional or not, but uh, that's something I noticed. Uh, But what this score is really known for is a track called The Murder, which is what everybody knows as the shower scene in this movie. It's Mm -hmm. extremely eerie and has this really frantic sliding sound on uh, on the uh, string instruments. It's been mimicked countless times in TV shows and other movies and all sorts of stuff. Um, but like, if you hear it, you'll know you'll recognize it. Even if you haven't seen the movie, cause it's just that classic, uh, yeah. horror sound, you know? Um, but yeah, like I kind of talked about it. Some of the tracks are really like the prelude in the beginning of the movie and that, that murder track, even though like, I wouldn't want to sit around listening to that murder track for fun. It is very <laughs> iconic. Uh, and it's very unsettling, not, like pleasant to just sit around and listen to, but worked so well in the movie and definitely kind of started that, you know, that genre of, uh, it was definitely inspirational for the horror genre, you know? So had yeah, to put that yeah. one in there. Um, but yeah, that's a good one. So what's your number seven? Dude, good horror one too. Yeah. So number seven, um, I have gladiator. Um, okay. I thought you put that one in there. Uh, yeah, dude, that one, dude, I love that one. I love that one very yeah. much of the Coliseum type. Um, good like that too. Hans, Hans Zimmer again and Lisa Gerard. Um, there are three particular tracks that I particularly that stick with me. So when I was growing up and we would go to youth activities, we this was like one of the very first soundtracks that I actually bought. Um, and like oh, probably, really? one first rated, probably one of the first rated R movies I actually ever watched as well. So it's also very iconic. <laughs> um, but two tracks, The Battle and then Barbarian Horde, where it's just like massive battle scenes or massive um, happenings. I think it's all usually battle scenes, it's either in the Coliseum or outside the Coliseum, but like incredible, just resounding strings going the whole time. Um, yeah. Sounds very uh, Romanesque and battling. Um that whole part there. And there's one that I really like that kind of slows things down a lot and has an amazing uh, trumpet solo in there that I could never think to play ever, but it was <laughs> incredibly done, like impeccably done called earth. Yeah. Um, so those tracks, particularly in there, I listen to those. I'm like, Oh yes. And I still like to this day when I'm with some of my buddies, we'll scream barbarian horde as we're running in to do something stupid or whatever. Um, and just <laughs> reminisce about how we would come in our little like mom minivans as we just learned how to drive, like blasting our music to our youth activities, thinking that we were so cool listening to this soundtrack from this rated R movie. <laughs> yeah, that's how great I thought I was. Um, but that's awesome. This, yeah, this soundtrack will forever be iconic in my mind um, as a great one um, from yeah. one of the movies I've seen. So I, I definitely love some Gladiator. That is a great one there for me. Yeah. What you got on seven, man? Uh, so my number seven is uh, Alan Silvestri's work on the Avengers series. Uh, yes. So he he composed the the first Avengers film, and then he wasn't there for the second one. That was Danny Elfman and somebody else. Um, and so he didn't do Age of Ultron, but he did come back and do Infinity War and Endgame. Um, so just overall, just the Avengers score, I just think is super epic 
and going into the theater, you know, seeing the first Avengers for the first time, then you leave and there's that soundtrack or that the soundtrack, but that, that track going on with the, the Avengers theme, you know, it's just honestly super cool just to, you know, just to be in a theater and listen to that. Um, but then also, um, some of the stuff that he did for infinity war and Endgame are like some of my favorite tracks in like any movie. Oh, yes. Because dude. especially, um, I don't know how much people talk about this one, but this well, this one's called Porch, and this is the one that's at the end of Avengers: Infinity War, where Thanos is just sitting on that porch at the end of the movie, and then it, and it cuts, and it's just it's like a little quartet, really, maybe a quintet or something, heavy on the cello. Um, but I was like, that it's it's incredible, and it's it's like it's kind of haunting, kind of beautiful to listen to at the same time. But it's like, and I think that's the point. It's kind of you're supposed to be torn about what's going on, but also Thanos won. So uh, yeah. there's that. Uh, but and then total also psychological play there. That's total yeah. psychological play. Yeah, and then also portals. When the portals open um, in Avengers Endgame, the track's called Portals. Yes. Um, love that one. I mean, listening to that, it's like I can just literally envision exactly how that entire scene played out. Um, but yeah, there, there's some great tracks for Avengers. Alan Silvestri is really good. He's done some other movies that I really like too. Just didn't really have room for this list to and say every track that I've liked before. But, uh, but yeah, uh, his work on the Avengers series is really cool. Yes, dude. Oh, so good. So good. So what you got for number six? So number six, I have the star Wars franchise. Um, okay. Obviously done by my, my boy, John Williams. Dude, yeah. you cannot forget a lot of the different things that I covered that initial theme in every movie. I mean, that's just a setup. Just know what's going on. Yeah. Um, if you had your eyes closed and somebody's like, we're going to watch a movie, stuck it in. Boom. I know exactly what's going to be, you know, I'm going to be watching some star Wars film. Yeah. Um, but dude, Imperial March, come on. Who does not love the Darth Vader theme? It's awesome. Um, so great. Dude, incredible. Incredible. And th- th- I think I love I think the thing I love about this too is that he, Williams does a great job of just kind of stretching himself in different areas too. So he has the initial opening theme, he has Imperial March, but then he also goes into like Duel of the Fates where it's like, dude, he yes. has a big choir. He's got dude, I'll forever whenever that starts and those horns play or or it, either the horns play, I think that's a different track, but like the the or the choir starts, dude, you can you can see the door open, you see Darth Maul, and you see the lightsabers. That's all yeah. I see. Like, yeah. I see him open the one side and then open the other side, and I remember, like, going nuts. That's exactly where it is, and that's what yeah, I me think too. of every time. I cannot think of that scene without the track behind it, so that is forever ingrained there. Um, from episode three, Battle of the Heroes, where it gets really intense, and it's Anakin versus Obi-Wan. Um, epic fight scene, by the way. I mean, regardless of what you think about the movie itself, that is an amazing fight scene, amazing lightsaber scene. Um, yeah. And I can hear that all the way through as well. Another good fast paced um, theme that goes through. Um, I've heard a lot, I've had a lot of friends tell me that John Williams track of star Wars to play as a band or orchestra or symphonic band or whatever is actually very difficult to do um, just in general. So he's kind of outdone himself and putting it at a high tiered level as well. One of the also kind of yeah. unmentioned ones, um, I think the end of the first episode, Augie's great municipal band. He has a totally different feel of that last track of episode one, where it just is different. 
And then mm-hmm. I think in that same track segues immediately into the end credit theme um, right after that, which I was like, dude, what in the world? Like, I almost feel like yeah. he started to start segueing right into his theme um, and people kind of started picking up on that and doing that in some of theirs as well. But like he just brought it back to that Star Wars main theme that you're always used to hearing. And I thought he did a great job of just filtering that back in. Like I would be reminiscent if I did not include Star Wars into my top 10. Like I just, I just felt like it just had to be there. And like, I always, I always remember it that way. So it's always really cool for me there. Yeah. So what you got for six, man? So my number six, I'm not sure if you've seen this movie yet or not, but us, this came out last year. Uh, oh, I haven't seen, I need to see that. You do. Okay. So you need to see this movie just because the score of this movie is incredible. It was composed by Michael Abels and uh, it's another horror film score. Um, but this one to me, like when I first saw this movie in the theater uh, last year, I think it came out March of 2019 and the score instantly stuck with me. The The theme is called Anthem. It's in the, it's the first track you'll find on the soundtrack anywhere you look for it. Um, it's, it's, it's incredibly unique because uh, the, with what they do with the melody. So they have this main theme kind of that runs through the entire movie and it's sang by a choir and it builds and builds and builds with all these layers. And uh, the way it builds is they add, they start with different types of voices. They start with high pitched child voices and then they build and then they eventually get to the baritones and the basses. And it starts off just like this really haunting style. And then it's a completely different type of haunting style when they add these really low voices in there and it makes it like, this really full sound. So there's lots of vocal layers in that. Um, but it's very haunting and scary and really heightened the experience of the movie because it was just kind of, it was really freaking creepy to sit there and listen to that track, uh, just kind of going on and on throughout the movie and used in different ways. It works really well for this movie. Uh, but yeah, so Anthem, that's a great track. That's the one I just, I've been talking about. I don't know how to okay. pronounce this one, but it's like Pas de Deux. I don't know. <laughs> it's spelled <laughs> P P A S space D E space D E U X. I'm assuming that's French. Could yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. Yeah. French um, I would say. And so uh, that one's really cool. And that's, that goes on That's a, very crucial scene at the end of the movie. Um, also really creepy. I really like creepy music. <laughs> um, I'll sometimes listen to this one in my free time. Kind of strange, but I'll do it. it it's, <laughs> Dude, it's I'm totally, I'm totally writing this stuff down, man. Like, do it. Yeah. Like, I'm I mean, totally playing. I listen to this stuff. You really need to see this movie. It's really, really good. And there's a lot of people that like get out better than us, which is fine. I personally liked us better. Um, and, and I think the score of this movie played a big role um, into, or it was a big factor of me liking this movie better um, than get out. But yeah, it's a great uh, score. Definitely, definitely check that one out. No joke, dude. I've been banking on you having some uh, horror films in here. So I'm actually stoked about this. Cause like there's a, I will talk about this later, but like I have one in here, but I, I don't have many like horror films that I can like, just yeah. pull out of my pocket and so like i only have like one and like to actually hear you talk about some different ones i'm like okay sweet this is gonna yeah. be awesome i love having love having these around dude. Just, yeah uh, sometimes I, as a teacher you like creating a creepy vibe and so <laughs> i don't know why but like so, as a music teacher too um like i just like to play stuff and have students walking like what are you listening to mr Moore? i'm like is there a problem with this children like that kind of thing like it's totally <laughs> make it creepy but whatever that's just me yeah <laughs> 
Before we move on to our top five favorite film scores, be sure to follow me on Letterboxd at McNeil Mulligan. Letterboxd is where I post the movies I watch and write reviews. You can follow the McNeil and Friends podcast on Instagram at mcneil.and.friends.podcast. Message me through Instagram to let me know what your favorite film scores are or if you have any topics you'd like me to talk about on this podcast for the Movie Screen Quarantine series. Also, you can find the McNeil and Friends podcast on Twitter. And lastly, you can find the McNeil and Friends podcast on Patreon and support this podcast by becoming a patron if you so desire. You can find a link that will take you to all of these locations in the description of this episode. So with that in mind, Tim, what's your number five? Dude, all right. So number five, you already mentioned this one, and I absolutely love it. Uh, Avengers, particularly by Alan Silvestri. Dude, yeah. I mean, the Avengers theme from the first ep- from the first one takes the cake i mean that is just it's a great theme um there was a time period i think i want to say like a year ago maybe two years ago where um to start my class off in order for students to understand like i was ready for class i would play i only think it's only like i want to say it's 30 seconds but there's a the theme i think it's from i particularly picked up off of infinity wars it's called the avengers and it's just that main theme the avengers theme yeah and it's 30 seconds long i would play that like full full volume with these huge PV speakers that I had, and the students would know that I'm ready to start class. Like I remember <laughs> students like I would get mixed reactions. Like a student would be like, "Are you going to play that every time, Mr. Morgan?" I'm like, "Yes." Another student would be like, "That's so cool, man." That like, would be yes, me. That's it. that would be me. That's what I wanted, you know. And so I would play that. I remember um, we would have random discussions about like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Obviously, you know, kids want to get their teacher off track. For me, it was Marvel. Um, so they'd make predictions about stuff, especially Endgame, and we would talk about that. And like after we were done talking about it, I just had to pull the track up, play it again. There it is, boom. Um, but yeah, dude, Portals, that one I have a playlist that I usually have, like just try to get stuff done or like be productive. Portals is on that playlist as well, dude. Like you can once again see it, see everything happening. You get pumped as everything's going on. You know, you can just see the scene. Um, playing out as you listen to the track. Um, so yes, the Avengers themes definitely, um, absolutely and utterly incredible. So I'm, I'm totally about those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Five, five, what you got? Yeah. So my number five is interstellar. This is Hans Zimmer as well. Ah, yes. Uh, this movie was a big deal for me because it was the first movie I saw that actually made me want to learn more about the topics and the themes in the movie and I was 14 years old when I saw this movie for the first time and it was an IMAX. It was super cool. And the music in this movie played a big role in how much I liked it because there's this distinct melody, super simple melody that's constant throughout this entire movie. Um, and they, I think they, I think they played on an organ. Uh, this is very high pitched, kind of an ambient kind of sound, uh, but it's really distinct. It's a really distinct melody. Um, and it really captures the tone of this movie really well. And it's, it's like kind of mysterious, kind of hopeful, kind of sad at the same time. It's, it's really cool how they were able to capture all these different things with just one little simple melody that kind of recurs throughout the entire movie. Um, but yeah, so uh, some of the tracks are really like from this one, cornfield chase is really good. Uh, Day one is another really good one. And then uh, stay there's two, there's two different tracks spelt different ways. One of them is just, it's actually called stay. And then another one all caps with periods in between each letter of the word stay. But yeah, those are some of the ones I really like. Interstellar has got some, some great music. Uh, I think you've seen this movie. 
Uh, I have. So. I need. To, I think I need to watch it again. It's been a little bit, but I think. I think I remember particularly liking the soundtrack as well. Um, it's just not super clear in my mind. I think I just need to watch that movie again. I only see, I only saw it like maybe once or maybe twice. So I want to watch it again for sure to just check I've, that out. I've probably seen it five times or something like that. Okay. Um, it's, it's one of my all-time favorite movies. I'm sure I've talked about it here on some episode before. But yeah, love the love the music in that movie. Yeah. So uh, what's your number four? Number four, dude. So here's my horror one here. Um, okay. So The Ring. Um, I don't know if you okay. know this, if you if you saw The Ring or The Ring Two. Um, I've seen the original. By, yes. So Hans Zimmer. Uh, I think his name's Henny Loner and Martin Tillman. Um, uh-huh. The particular I use this particular track. We play a game at school. Um, I say at school, like when we have some free time, there's this game we play called Mafia. And it's usually like a good, you know, social building game just to find out about kids. And I tell yeah. them like yeah. it's a big game of deception. Um, so I usually throw on, there's like a website I throw on called Rainy Mood and it's just like rain. <laughs> and then I play this soundtrack in the background. And it's usually cool because it heightens like anything that I say to like a very serious level. And so like if I'm moderating and I'm making up some dumb story about, you know, somebody getting oust or something like that um the kid's like man this morning that was deep and i was like guys it's not really deep i just have this really cool soundtrack behind me playing um <laughs> so but like there's a there are portions in the the soundtrack and i'm not sure how they do it but it's almost like it it's a it's a a take your breath away sound and i don't know how they do it and i wish i could describe it. i wish i could figure out what track it was on um, but I listen to the track as a whole all the time. I never listen to it in pieces or just like particular tracks. So mm-hmm. I listen to it as a whole and there's like certain parts where it just kind of does this like sucking the air out of the, uh, out of the, out of the air really. Um, and just like brings it all in somehow. And I don't know how they do it, but I thought that very, I found that very fascinating. And I also found it very ha- fascinating. If you haven't figured it out by now, I really love Hans Zimmer, but like <laughs> he, he, the, for him to go from like a gladiator um, epic Roman themes of fighting, battling to horror film, the ring with a lot of foreboding, a lot of dark themes, a lot of intense themes, possible scary portions. Um, I don't know if there was some jump scares, stuff like that too. Like is incredible as a composer to be able to be versatile, uh, to be yeah. able to do those different things as well. So like, I really co- enjoyed, um, that track. And that's one of my go-to tracks when it's like horror film or like, I have to say something serious to my students. Um, I use these, obviously I'm going to use these in my, um, uh, to in my classroom just cause you know, it's a teacher thing, but and since I'm a music teacher, I'm going to play those like crazy. So that's definitely one of my, one of my favorites for sure. Um, yeah. But what you got coming up there. So, uh, for my number four, another Hans Zimmer track or another Hans Zimmer soundtrack is, uh, Batman versus Superman Dawn of justice. Okay. Yeah. This okay. is, this is personally my favorite, uh, uh, piece of or this is my favorite music that Hans Zimmer has written, and it, it was also I think Junkie L, uh, Junkie XL worked on it as well. Yes, um, yes. And so, but I think he just kind of helped. From what I read, I think he just kind of helped with the the Batman theme in it um, because Hans Zimmer had just gotten off of the Dark Knight trilogy, coming on to Batman vs Superman, didn't really want to uh, d- repeat anything, you know. Um, 
even though I have major problems with Batman vs Superman as a movie, I will say the Ultimate Edition makes it a lot better. Like it went from being like a two out of ten to like a six out of ten, like a high six, yeah. I'd say. Um, yeah. I only saw this the one time in the theater, and I hated it. And then I rewatched it not too long ago because the Ultimate Edition I saw was on HBO Max. And it really wasn't as bad as I remembered. But what really caught me off guard, this rewatch I did a couple weeks ago, was the music. The music in it was honestly just really incredible. I didn't remember anything about it. Just rewatching it, it was really cool to kind of like rediscover it, you know. Uh, all the themes for the characters in this movie are really cool. They're really distinct. It can have that really grand orchestra sound, you know, and really epic. But then it can also honestly be really creepy. Uh, especially with the Lex Luthor theme. There's like this uh, really creepy high-pitched violin thing they're doing um, at the end with a with an interesting rhythm. Um, and it's yes, really... Yes, I do remember that distinctly, yes. And I think it was in the trailers too. It was really interesting. Um, but uh, some other tracks I really like are The Beautiful Lie. That's in the that's the first one that you'll find on the soundtrack anywhere you listen to it. Um, okay. And then... Their War Here is another really good one. And the Wonder Woman theme. The Wonder Woman theme is awesome. And I, I'm i not sure if they actually wrote it. I'm not sure if it was pre-existing before this movie or not. But mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think it was. But it's it's really good. There's just, like Honestly, like I've listened to the soundtrack just all the way through multiple times since I've watched this movie a couple weeks ago. Really good stuff. Uh, definitely my favorite of Hans Zimmer's work. Probably a little bit of a controversial opinion, but... Hey, you know, it's just, yeah. it's just my opinion, yeah. you know? So, uh, but yeah, Hans Zimmer, Hans Zimmer's <laughs> awesome. Very, very, uh, versatile guy. You know, he, like you said, yes. he did the ring. He did, uh, like just now Batman vs Superman, the dark Knight trilogy. He's also done the lion King. Uh, he's done Dude, like, all sorts like, of, out of nowhere, <laughs> gladiator, all, all sorts of stuff. You know, you can, you can pretty much find Hans Zimmer like attached to a lot of movies that everybody knows, but he's very talented. Um, definitely up there, probably, you know, like top three composers for me for sure. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, but yeah, so, uh, what you got for number three? All right. Number three, taking a break from the Hans Zimmer. Um, All right. The move, I don't know if you've seen this movie, a beautiful mind, um, that is starring I've, uh, Russell Crowe. I've really wanted to see that movie and I've just kind of, I just never gotten around to it for oh, whatever reason. Knock, knock but I've heard lie, great you, things about the music. Yes. Like that. Once it's another tr- it's another uh uh tr- like soundtrack score I guess you could say that you got to listen to it's just from start to finish it's great from start to finish um there's yep. a, one particular track that I enjoy called the car chase um and dude like it's it's hard to sometimes it's hard to explain without spoiling it but like you need to watch the movie well what I would recommend and I think I'm going to do that with some of the ones that you put on here too what I would recommend is listen to the soundtrack just like one time through and just kind of mm-hmm. get the feel of it then watch the movie and try to see if you can predict some of the stuff that's happening there. Like it's really, okay. really cool. And um, the 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 I think the track, especially as like a, a person that's like a psych major looking into psychology, that kind of thing. I think you'll enjoy how the tracks play with you a little bit, as well as when you watch the movie. You're gonna be like, wait, 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 wait hold up, hold up. So I think that like they pieced it together very well. So like very complimentary towards each other so that's why i particularly really love this track or this this soundtrack from um a beautiful mind so it's written by james horner um i think there's some other stuff that i like from him i can't think of it off the top of my head but this one distinctly sticks out in my mind as one of his best works for sure um but listen to that one check out that movie dude it is 
it's incredible. Like it was just, it's one of those sit down. You kind of have to think about like watch. It's good. It's good. Um, so that is, that's my number three. What you got going for number three? Uh, yeah. So, um, my number three is star Wars. We talked about this one a little bit. Yep. Um, John Williams. I obviously had to put this one in here. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I mean, and just the music, you know, it's just, it's freaking Star Wars. You know, it's, it's just yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, I love all the music for it. Everything is extremely memorable. You know, I'll, like, I'll watch a Star Wars movie and then the music stuck in my head for days and weeks. Um, yep. It's just iconic, you know, and we talked about this a decent amount already, but um, some tracks I really like. My personal favorite from any Star Wars movie is Duel of the Fates. I love that one. Dude, um, yes. And like you said, you know, like you can't uh, not think of that scene without the music, you know. Um, that door, the doors opening with, you know, the choir and um, and then Darth Maul's double blade lightsaber is just super cool. Uh, the Imperial March, really great. Uh, classic villain theme. And then, you know, the main title. There's also uh, the the cantino theme and you know that that bar yeah, that they got oh, that yeah, one's totally really good that. uh and there's also some, some uh some really cool uh, like ambient noises kind of going on in the background occasionally that I, I i'm a big fan of like ambient type music whatever for whatever reason yeah uh, especially in movies um and just to kind of have on like you know like when i'm studying or whatever um and so star wars definitely has a lot of that but also some really memorable classic uh songs but but yeah, we've talked about Star Wars a decent amount already. So, uh, so what's your number two, dude? Number two. All right, number two, uh, Man of Steel, another okay. Hans Zimmer great. All right, um, movie. I don't care what you think about movie, but I loved uh, some of the tracks on here. I mean, I really like the whole the whole thing as a whole. But like, there were tracks on here that got me. Um, like pumped and there was and once again like I, I i think a lot of these soundtracks for me i took them and i put them so, like somewhere in my life to be able to listen to so i wouldn't mm-hmm. forget like how epic some of the scenes were or how how like great it made me feel so to speak it's gonna say a good pick me up um you know besides like listening to any type of music that has like singing and stuff in it but like these backing tracks so to speak are like or walk on songs sometimes you could use as well. Um, but yeah. like Man of Steel, two particular tracks that I loved. Um, I will find him has a great uh, uh, enemy epic theme. I forget what was the, the name of the enemy in, in Man of Steel. Dang, Zod was it Zod. Yeah, yeah, General yeah. Zod. So Zod, I think he was being banished, um, and he's about to go away. And he and Russell Crowe is, uh, I mean, Superman's dad. I think was telling him, right. Um, Dude, you're you're done for. You're never. He says, "No, I will find him. I will find your son." And like the music just builds to that forebodedness of like, yeah. dude, this is not going to bode well for anybody here. Um, he's pretty ticked. He's going to find a way to get back and find your son, and it's going to be you know, death match for sure. So that one is absolutely epic. The other one that I like is called "What Are You Going to Do When You Aren't Saving the World," and it's, I think it's the final track on the Man of Steel track, and it has a nice build from just like uh, a mild-mannered Clark Kent kind of feel mm-hmm. to like epic Superman effect, and then does it again, drops back down to a low, mild-mannered feel, jumping back up again to like him. You know, you, you just think of him in flight, just kind of overseeing the world, doing what he can to, to take care of business, and just being that complete um, overseer 
of all that is good and right and justice and stuff like that. Um, but epic tracks from that movie um, that I particularly enjoyed. I think another one I liked was Flight. Okay. Um, just the the idea of how they they tried to uh, you know to, to to teach you how Superman was able to learn how to fly um, and that kind of stuff too. So great tracks with great imagery um, and great um, heavy embeddedness for me in my brain about that particular movie was awesome. I loved Man of Steel soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, my number two, you actually talked about this guy a little bit earlier, James Horner, uh, but Titanic. Oh, there's, yeah, that's another one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dude, the music in this movie is just absolutely beautiful to me. I mean, it's, uh, it can have that big orchestra feel like a lot of these movies can, but then the way that it incorporates, uh, the flute and a choir, it's just, it really stands out to me. The melodies are extremely distinct. Um, and it's, it can even have like a little bit of a, a Celtic-ish kind of style. Dude, which I was going to say that. Yeah, that's exactly how like the flute, vi- like that yeah. vibe that they gave too was great. Yeah, and, and I love that style. That's a style I've always been, uh, it's always kind of, I've always been drawn towards. Um, but yeah, like the melodies are really distinct and it really uh, captures the tone of this movie because it's, uh, like it's in a way it has like a bittersweet kind of feel to it because the movie is a love story, but it's also a tragedy because of the actual yeah. real life event of what happened with the Titanic. Um, but like the meaning and everything behind the movie is kind of what gives it that um, bittersweet vibe. But the, the music is just, it's just awesome. Um, and some tracks I really like, uh, I think it's the first one on there. Never an absolution is really good. Uh, mm-hmm. And then my favorite one, I listen to this one a lot, is called Rose. And it's just, you know, that's okay. the character name. It's the one that especially uh, incorporates the flute pretty heavily. Uh, okay. And I really like that one a lot. But yeah, I mean, the Titanic, I mean, it's a three hour movie. It's more than three hours, I think. But I mean, even if you don't like the movie, I know this movie has gets a lot of backlash from some people for whatever reason. The music's definitely worth sitting through it, listening to it, you know. Throughout, throughout the entire movie the music is just really good uh james horner um won an oscar for this for for this dude, music in this yeah. movie versatility once again horner dude doing some great like to know that i, I that i forget that was one of the big ones that he did titanic yeah. and then a beautiful mind like totally i mean not totally i mean i mean they're they're just different movies um i think he did he, avatar as well yeah okay like just Dude, just good, man. Dude, just good, and like yeah. to be able to be on that level, to be able to change up your music and not have not like have super. I mean, some of them have distinctions of like what they do. Like I've having me listen to Hans Zimmer for so, for so long, I'm expecting certain things from him. Yeah, <laughs> but like, dude, like the, I think to try to try your hand at different genres of movies is pretty dope, just in general. So I like I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, and I think he actually recently passed away, which is unfortunate, but. Uh, James Horner, but oh, um, dang, I didn't know. Him. Yeah, I think it was a few years ago. I'm not sure how, but uh, but his music was really good. Especially Titanic's has always been my favorite of his. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, what's your number one, dude? So number one, you mentioned this in honorable mention, but that is completely okay. Once again, this is totally off book, but I absolutely, incredibly love Inception. That was the that's your first, number one. Yeah, dude, that was the wow. first movie when we talked about movie soundtracks 
and like loving movie soundtracks. That was the very first one that came to my mind immediately. And I was like, Inception. Um, because once again, it's another, once again, I have to, I listened from start to finish. Um, I think time is one of them you t- we've talked about. Yeah. Dream is collapsing is another one that was amazing. Yeah. Um, there, there's a, there's, I mean, all the tracks really, I, I love about it, but I almost can recreate the movie in my mind through all the tracks. And I think, I feel like as a musician, and if I were to be a, a uh, like a soundtrack composer or whatnot, um, I mean, diff- there's different purposes in doing it, but like, I think one of the goals would probably be to like have the listener try to almost in a short way, see the entire movie again through your music. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, dude, I can, I can see what's happening here. I remember the van going off the bridge. I remember yeah. him being in the hotel and it turning upside down. I remember them at that Arctic base and just trying to figure out what the heck to do. Like that I can hear, I can see all of that happening. Um, I mean, it, it, besides being an incredible movie in general, um, I think the soundtrack once again is complementary to it in helping me um, in a short way relive the movie again. And so like watching it just makes that even sweeter and just makes that even ama- more amazing to listen and watch and listen and watch like all together without being I, I, and I and I'm not swayed by either, but I can listen to both of them um, at the same time, listen and watch at the same time Um and, and and like almost get like a full experience, and I think that's a great part about uh, a soundtrack. And I think that movie does it like pretty perfectly for me, at least. Um, yeah, on that one. So I, I absolutely love that. I love that soundtrack at all. Like so yeah. great. So you texted me earlier today and said um, that going through and making this list made you realize you kind of had a favorite composer. My yes. prediction was that it was Hans Zimmer. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I remember, like Dude. you've talked about in some of the other episodes, you were like the Man of Steel soundtrack. That's a great one. I knew you were a big fan <laughs> of Gladiator, Pirates of the Caribbean, a lot of this other stuff. I didn't expect Inception to be number one, but uh, but I thought Hans Zimmer would make multiple appearances, make it, yep. just kind of what you based off what you talked about previously. But dude, he has like, and then, and the thing is, Inception. I I have to re-listen to it again, but like, there is a especially in Pirates in Gladiator. Um, I think there's a couple other ones that he has this thing. I think they call it a hemiola, whereas like there is a certain amount of beats happening, but he is doing it at a different timing. So like he's putting three beats over two or two beats over three, and he he kind of messes with the feel a little bit and then comes back into it again. And I yeah. love I love how he does it. I have to try to find specific tracks and I'll send them to you. Like, dude, listen to this track, you'll hear it. Listen to this track, you'll hear it. Okay. And you know, I found like that's his. I feel like that's his staple um, that he likes to play around with, and it kind of gets uh, uh, an a, a, like an attack theme or a battle theme that kind of drives with it too, and it helps you kind of move the the story along and move like a fight scene along as well. So I, I've enjoyed that about him. But I don't think I think that that's also one of the reasons why I also liked Inception too. I don't think he does that as much in that soundtrack. Um, okay, a lot of big booming themes in there as I'm thinking about it. Um, but dude, just the epic time factor that he has is, is incredible to me. And I've really, I really enjoy listening to his stuff a lot. So like if, if, 
if I need to convince you to go see a movie and you're like, dude, Hans Zimmer was the composer. I'll be like, all right, I'll see it. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's one of those things. Like if you really wanted to pull and you knew me well enough and like music wise, you're like, dude, Morgan, Hans Zimmer wrote something. Oh, okay. Let me go check it out real quick. You know? Yeah. (laughs) If it was Captain Marvel, it's like, dude, Hans Zimmer is going to be, is the composer. Like, I guess I'll watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) All right, big Neo. What's your big number one, man? You have any guesses? Dude, I don't, but I had my prediction for like one of your favorite composers is Danny Elfman. Yep. Um, yeah, this is this you, is a Danny Elfman movie. Is an Elfman? So you've yeah. you've mentioned him before. I knew you had a couple of them, but you it's funny he didn't appear as much in your in your list as much as he, I think he was kind of equally there with other uh composers. I had him I in an honorable mention. Him. I'm trying but. to think like <laughs> uh, I know yes. a couple Elfman ones, but I don't know cuz you already like, mentioned the Batman series or like that yeah. you like the older ones. Yeah, those are really like, good. Oh. So, so it's Edward I, I, Scissorhands. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. That's dude. I listen to this. Uh, I listen to this soundtrack all the time. It's one of my really? favorites. And this was probably like you know how you talked about earlier that being in high school is kind of where you got into you know you started noticing the music behind movies and how somebody composed all of that and that there's depth to it stuff like that. This is the movie that made me realize all of that because it was so distinct to me because of just the style of uh what danny elfman does and i i don't i can't think of any other composer that uses sounds the way he does uh especially specifically with his usage of a woman's choir and the instrument called a celesta which kind of has that (laughs) yes music box style and it kind of sounds a little bit like the Nutcracker, and it kind of gives the movie a yep. bit of a Christmassy vibe and a little bit of like this magical vibe. Uh, and and it's also Edward Scissorhands. It's a little bit of a gothic fantasy movie. So in a way, he kind of made Christmas music combined with um, a strange gothic kind of style that it honestly just works so well with Tim Burton movies. They Danny Elfman and Tim Burton usually you know, they go hand in hand. And, uh, and so, um, it's, it, that combo is really cool. And I think it works really well. Um, in this movie specifically, like I said, it was the the one where I I really noticed the music in a movie first and it stuck with me ever since because of how distinct it is. So for that, it's really nostalgic for me. Um, I honestly just also think the music is really beautiful. Um, and some of my favorite tracks are, the introduction titles, it's kind of called either one titles in parentheses introduction being the, the actual thing. Story time is really good. Ice dance is probably my favorite. Ice dance is great. A lot of people mm-hmm. consider that to be one of Danny Elfman's like best songs in any movie. Um, and even a lot of people consider that Edward Scissorhands to be Danny Elfman's one of his best, uh, one of his best work. It's up there with either Batman or Edward Scissorhands, but um, I really love. I just really love the style of uh, Danny Elfman's music in this movie. It's uh, it's like my favorite thing when somebody can make Christmas slightly creepy because Edward yes. Scissorhands isn't necessarily a Christmas movie, but it, when you the movie's told in a flashback and and during that um, in the present day where uh, Winona Ryder character when when uh, Winona Ryder's character is. In present day, she is older and telling the story of how she met Edward Scissorhands uh, at Christmas. Yeah. 
I probably could have explained that a lot better. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is Winona Ryder care. Oh my gosh. Winona Ryder's character tells the story of how she met Edward Scissorhands to, I think her granddaughter at Christmas. Uh, oh, okay. So um, that's what I've been trying to say. And so the movie establishes Christmas at first, though the flashback only has a certain portion of Christmas, but um, I'm probably sounding really repetitive at this point, but basically all I'm trying to say is the crisp, the creepy Christmas thing works for me really well. He also did it in Batman returns. That whole yeah. movie takes place at Christmas yeah, and he has, awesome. he brings in that. Before. Yeah. Yeah. And he brings in that same style, like that music box sound, I guess. I don't know what about what it is about. It works really well for me. Um, I just think it's awesome. So yeah, Edward Scissorhands has always been, um, my favorite, uh, soundtrack of when it comes to a film score of any movie. Dude, so. those are, those, are, that's good. I'm like, I, I literally, I'm going back to, I'm going back to listen to these. Like, I'm just going to stick a, a ear pod in and just kind of listen to a lot of these tracks yeah. dude, that you, you recommended. Cause I, 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 just, I was looking up Elfman too, and I didn't even think about it. Like, I forgot about stuff that I really liked too. Like some of the scores that he did, like the Spider-Man. I didn't know. I yeah. forgot that he did the. I almost put those in an honorable there. mention. Same thing with Goodwill Hunting. He did Goodwill Hunting. Yes, another good mention one too. For me. Dang. Um, so he's got some great ones in there. Um, I want to say he did the first Hulk with Eric Bana. Didn't like that movie at all, but like I can't remember if he I did mean, or not. He's in there. Did he do one of the X Men scores? I don't think so. Okay, I don't think he did. For some reason, I was thinking him, but it might I might have been thinking John Powell. I think you mentioned before. Uh, Apollo yes, movie, yeah, uh, I, I think he. Dragon. I think he did uh, Last Stand, but but yeah, Danny ah, yes. Elfman is uh, Danny Elfman's incredible. I really like his style; it's really distinct, really unique. Uh, Edward Scissorhands, definitely uh, my favorite one. Uh, but this episode was a lot of fun. I was really looking forward to this because uh, it's hard to find people that actually want to talk about film scores, you know. Uh, Dude, so. and it's it's it, yeah, you're right. It's crazy. We had some line up just because so they're iconic and they have to be. You know, you, you can't yeah. not mention them, and those are like huge staples like you never will ever forget those kinds of tr- tracks but like yeah yeah dude like there's some similarities that we have there and i think i, w- I definitely picked up some tra- i'm gonna be like i said i'm gonna listen to some tracks that i, got p- I picked up here dude I've, i totally yeah me too about, so. i want i'm gonna check out a beautiful mind probably pretty soon do um, it man do it but yeah, and I, I have to just, see us. I have to see that horror yes, film. I have to see us. Yes, like, dude, you do oh, that one and get out. I want to check. I think I want to watch us first, and I think I might go back and check out Get Out. Cool. Um, and yeah, just to see what that is. Yeah, well, I also just want to have you on this episode because you. I think you suggested this idea uh, a while back. So yeah, I thought that'd be really cool. And, and also, you know, you're a music teacher, really into music. So I was really looking forward to this episode, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, so Tim, where can people find you on social media? Dude, I'm mainly on Instagram. Um, uh, my handle is TMO Audio, T-M-O-A-U-D-I-O. Uh, same handle, I think, I got for Twitter and stuff like that, too. Um, but do some music stuff. Not in there a ton, but I you give me a follow. I'll follow you back and just kind of check out what you got going on as well. Try to follow you, see what you got going on, ask questions, that kind of thing. But, dude, just love finding out people that are interested in music. People have the same interest as us, like movies and things like that as well. So hit me up. Yeah, and I'll definitely put the link to your social media in the description of this episode but tim once again thanks for uh, being on this episode today it was a lot of fun dude so good man always good times people need to get on this podcast more often i don't know what they're thinking dude but <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get we gotta get more people listening to this though this is good I stuff agree. Dude. like this is fun this is fun i think yeah getting the conversation rolling especially kind of keeps your mind off a lot of crazy stuff too so dude always yeah. love being on here it's always a pleasure man yeah 
I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, be sure to tune in for more episodes in this series. And don't forget to follow or subscribe to the Meet Your Own Friends podcast on the platform you listen to podcasts so you can be notified when new episodes are released. Stay safe out there, everybody, and once again, thank you for listening. Thank you.